My name is Joe Chavarria. I help people just like you learn how to beat the credit bureaus and the debt collectors at their own game. This is the Joe Credit Show. So the CFPB sues Midland again. Two people try to sue Midland and they lose miserably. And today we'll talk about why mix of credit is important for your FICO score. I'm Joe Chavarria, and this is another episode of the Joe Credit Show. So before we get into the topics today, I want to remind everybody to be sure to like this video if you find the content, if you find the information helpful, and be sure to subscribe to my channel so you can get up-to-date information as it relates to credit court cases, debt collector court cases, and just generalized updated information on credit scoring, credit reporting, so you're always in the know of what's going on in the credit world. Also, if you have any credit-related questions or any questions about the information that is provided to you in this video, feel free to drop them into the comments section and we, do, we will respond to your questions as they come or answer your questions on a separate video if we find that that question deserves its own, own, own video for, for that. All right, so let's dive into the first topic today is that the CAPB, the CAPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, they are suing Midland, Midland Funding, Mid Midland Credit Management. We'll talk about those entities here in a bit. They're suing Midland again uh, for the second time. And a uh, little, little spoiler alert, the second suit is not a completely different suit. It's basically suing Midland for doing the exact same thing that they were originally sued for and told not to do. Basically, Midland did not really learn their lesson. So a little backstory on who Midland is so you kind of get an idea of who they are and why they're being sued. So there is a company called Encore. So Encore, uh, I think it's Encore Corp uh, or Encore Credit Group um, is basically like the mothership of Midland Funding, Midland Credit Management, and then Asset Capital. So Encore owns all those entities. All those entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Encore. And so they're all brought to brought into the suit because they're all part of, of, of the same entity, same organization, same business practice. And so all of them are, are brought into the suit. So um, Encore is actually registered out in Delaware. Most businesses register out in Delaware for, for tax purposes, uh, but they operate and do business in uh, San Diego, California, as well as Midland Funding, Midland Credit Management, and, uh, and assets. Um, so Midland Funding, is actually part of the debt purchaser group. Um, that is the that is the organization that um, owns uh, the debt that they purchase. And by the way, so so Midland Funding, what they do is they like to buy defaulted debts. So they buy debts that maybe originate from Capital One. T-Mobile's a big one. Um, they buy up these 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 uh, delinquent debts. So little little backstory on that. Before a a a, a creditor. Um, tries to pursue, you know, recovering their unpaid debts. They they have a decision. They can try to collect in house. They can hire a collection agency to to collect on the debt for them, and they basically split the profit if they do collect. Um, or they can sell that debt um, to a third party debt buyer. Midland Funding is considered a, a debt buyer. Um, a fourth option: some creditors can choose to do nothing, just let the debt go and write it off, and you know, never pursue collection efforts. That's really an option. Well, to, to do nothing. So Midland Funding is basically a, a debt buyer. So they, they acquire big big accounts, they buy debts in bulk, um, and typically they get debts for 20, maybe 30 cents on the dollar, and they get higher end types of debts. They usually don't buy medical debt, they don't buy lower end type of debt that the, the, the repayment rate is really low. 
They buy higher end debts like credit card debts, um, uh, uh, higher end consumer type of debt. That's the type of debt they like to buy. Now, Midland Credit Management, and by the way, on Midland Funding, whenever if there's any derogatory information reported to credit, it's typically going to be under the Midland Funding name, the Midland Funding Entity, Midland Funding LLC. Then there's Midland Credit Management, which is essentially the collection agency for that's owned by, by Encore, and Midland Credit Management typically collects on Midland Funding-owned debt. I know it gets a little confusing, but uh, Midland Credit Management is basically the entity that is the debt collector of this organization. And then there's assets. Uh, asset capital is the entity that essentially when they when the debt is acquired, everything is acquired into that name. And then Midland Funding essentially is like the servicer or, or, the, uh, or the holder of the, the delinquent debt. So that's basically all the parties. Now you know, uh, all of them are owned by Encore, all the same company. So all you so now you know what uh, who the players are and the, the, the entity that's bringing the lawsuit you know, to, 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 to court here is the CFPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. So a little backstory on that. The CFPB actually sued Midland or sued uh, Encore back in 2015. And the basis for their, their, their suit, the reason why um, the suit was brought up, a couple of things, a couple of things that, that Midland was found guilty of um, for violating the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which is the FDCPA, and violating the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which is the FCRA. Something that they were doing, number one, um, Midland was, was suing consumers um, on time-barred debts. So what that means is, or let me, let me back up. They did that, but let me back up a little bit. Um, Midland was suing consumers and uh, failed to provide um, original account-level documentation, also known as OALD. So consumers or attorneys were asking for, for original account-level documentation, and either Midland um, did not produce it, um, or Midland did not have it. In many cases, they just kind of vacated the suit. But the, 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 the fact that the suit even originated, the suit even started, and they didn't even have original account level documentation was the, the crux of, of, the, of the issue of the complaint, that Midland did not possess original account level documentation, proceeded to collect on these debts, or proceeded to, to not comply when the request for the original account level documentation was not provided, um, and on, on top of that, suing consumers um, on debts that they did not have original account level documentation. So that was uh, part of, of, of the complaint, part of the original suit back in 2015. Also, Midland was, was collecting on time-barred debts. So time-barred debts mean that, let's say that you know, you're in Texas. So in Texas, state of Texas, statute of limitation is four years. So after four years, after the debt is, is over four years from the date of first delinquency, um, it is then considered outside of the statute of limitation, which means that if, if you were to get sued on that debt, it wouldn't hold up in court because that debt is outside of the statute of limitation. So Midland was suing on debts that were known as time barred. Um, some cases in Alabama, where Alabama's statute of limitation is six years. Pretty much uh, Midland does, does, does uh, collect and buy debt uh, all over the U.S. So whatever the statute of limitation is for the consumer in that in their state, they were uh, not only suing on these debts that were time barred, but also trying to collect on these debts that were also uh, time barred without putting disclaimers. So one of the, the the updates to the FDCPA as it relates to time barred debts is that the the the, the debt collector must disclose that the debt is time barred. 
and two, that they cannot be sued on a time-barred debt. So many of these debts that Midland was trying to collect on didn't have that disclosure in writing, didn't make no mention of that. Um, and so essentially, the CPB found that they had they were in violation of the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. And of course, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, when they were reporting this information that um, should have not been reported in, in the first place. So with the suit back in 2015, uh, Midland was ordered to pay, I believe, $34 million in restitution um, and $10 million in penalties to the CFPB. So that's what happened in 2015. There's some other things that took place, but those are probably the, the big ones. Um, fast forward to, to last week. Uh, so first, the uh, second week of, of September, uh, Midland gets sued again from the C by the CFPB for the exact same scenarios. So they're basically did not learn their lesson from the first time. Maybe they, you know, maybe they said, hey, 34 million plus 10 million, 44 million. Um, you know, that's going to be, I don't think it's really a slap on the wrist. Well, maybe it is because I think they have a really big budget uh, for, for, you know, for lawsuits and legal things like this because Midland brings, or Encore rather, brings in roughly a billion dollars a year in revenue. Um, they profit, their profit margin is a little bit less than 10%. They probably make about 75, 76 million dollars in profit off the 1 billion. So the profit margin is not the greatest, but what eats up, eats up most of the profit is, of course, their acquisition costs. So they're spending about 20 to 30 cents on the dollar for, for debts that they're owed. So there's probably you know, 20 or 30% that come off the top just for, for, for acquiring debts. Then they have attorney fees and court costs, and legal fees, things like that, probably another 10, 15%. They probably budgeted that in already. Um, and then you have you know, credit reporting costs, you have labor costs, so employees and staff, and office expenses, things like that. So at the end of the day, Midland or Encore rather, um, which owns Midland and Midland Funding, Midland Credit Management, Assets and, and all those guys, um, they, they do have a, a healthy profit margin and I think they have baked into to their, to their, to their expenses is you know, legal fees and things like that. So probably that, you know, off a billion dollars paying you know, 40, uh, $44 million in fines and restitution in the past uh, probably was a slap in the wrist you know, for them. And they said, well, we just continue and you know, you know, you know, we'll, we'll fix it, we'll deal with it as it comes. Well, the CPB says, well, you're still doing it, so we're bringing it to, to the court again. And this time they're asking for a little bit more in penalty. So basically with this suit, so let's kind of scroll down here, what, the, what they're asking for now is they're, they're asking that the, uh, the court uh, does this. CPB is asking that they permanently enjoin Encore from committing future violations. That's what CPB is asking of the court. Um, that they grant additional injunctive uh, relief uh, as the court deems just and, and proper. So now they're saying whatever the court decides and what the court says that uh, Encore should pay that's what, what they believe is just proper than the court is going to be going to that. Um, uh, damages and, and monetary relief to, to the victims. Um, CFPB wants, wants Encore to pay redress to consumers that are harmed. Um, CFPB wants Encore to order disgorgement of defendants' ill-gotten gains. Um, the CFPB wants, wants Encore to impose, wants the court to, to have Encore impose civil, penalties, um, civil money penalties. And of course, the CPB wants Encore to pay their court costs for having to bring this case uh, to, to, to life. Um, so we will have a link to this this uh, this case in the description below if you want to check on this um, as well. What this means to to you uh, as a consumer, if you have a Midland funding debt on your credit report, you really should be asking them to provide you with original account level documentation 
and A, see if they even provide it within 30 days, which is the re what the requirement is, um, and B, if they do provide it, find out if the information provided is in fact uh, original account level documentation, um, or where it looks like it was maybe tampered with, or they don't provide the original account level documentation to provide some kind of you know response, some kind of generic response. You could probably use that as as a as a as a non-response to my request if your request was pretty clear that you were just wanting to see original account level documentation to ensure that they're collecting on debt that is uh, that in fact that is supported by like, original account level documentation. So if you're a consumer and you have a Midland funding debt on your report, then you should definitely be asking for that. If you're being you should also still have an attorney or Basically, you need to be investigating to see if the Midland funding debt on your report is backed up and supported by original account level documentation. Um, and if you're getting collection notices from Midland Credit Management, which is a collection agency, then you need to be looking on, on, the, on the documents that you're receiving. If the debt is time barred, are they making any mention of the time barred debt? Um, A, that the debt is time barred, and B, that in the disclosure somewhere that they're, they're, they're referencing that you cannot be sued on the time bar debt. So you wouldn't you want to be looking through your your your, your collection notices, you want to be, be asking for original account level documentation. And if you find that there is something there, then you may want to reach out to an FDCPA attorney in your area, present this information, present this court case as well, um, because you may be able to to use that as the ability to get your debt possibly forgiven, very least having it removed from, from your credit report. Um, again, the information I'm providing is uh, my little disclaimer. I'm not an attorney. Uh, this information is not legal advice. You want to seek the advice of an attorney. I'm just pretty much just sharing the information as I read it on the court documents regarding CPB versus Midland. And if you need any further legal assistance, seek the advice of, of a licensed attorney in your area. Okay, so uh, before you get to the next topic, uh, which is two people sue Midland um, and they fail miserably, we'll talk about that. But first, before we do that, I want to uh, let everybody know that if you are currently in the market for a good credit monitoring service, you want to, to take a look at all three credit bureaus, all three scores. If you're currently monitoring your credit through Credit Karma, that may not be the best way to monitor your credit. Credit Karma provides two bureaus, not three. Don't forget about uh, Experian. Uh, credit Karma will provide Equifax and TransUnion, and they provide Vantage 3.0 scores. So if you're trying to buy a house, you're trying to get a car, you need to know your FICO scores. And so to get your FICO scores, we recommend going through um, Identity IQ. There's going to be a link to, to get access to your Identity IQ score, your FICO scores. Um, plus, you get a identity theft insurance policy. So after you subscribe to this credit monitoring service, if you ever become victim of identity theft, um, they'll actually cover um, the cost to help you repair and help you fix the issue of the identity theft. Uh, so go to joechavaria.com slash help to look at more information on the um, FICO scoring program through Identity IQ. Um, again, joechavaria.com slash help to take a look at what is being offered there. Again, if you're monitoring your credit through Credit Karma, that may not be the best uh, way to go about it. If you want to repair your credit, if you need to repair your credit, you need to see all the details of how all the items are being reported side by side. And a great way to do that is to get your report through Identity IQ. Go to joechavaria.com slash help to get 
the link to subscribe to that credit monitoring service. Okay, so next topic that um, I want to talk about is there are, there are two individuals that, that attempt to sue Midland um, for, for potential FDCPA violations, and it, it basically fails miserably. So we'll talk about that. So, and the reason I want to share this is because if you're thinking about suing Midland or suing any debt collector or creditor, you really need to, to, to know what you're talking about. You really need to have all your ducks in a row because if you don't, then you're going to just really, you know, really waste attorney's time or waste your money paying attorneys to go in and seek this out. Um, so, so basically the, the case is uh, Trichel versus Midland Credit Management. So they sue the debt collector on board, which is Midland Credit Management. And so the, the, the issue uh, that uh, was brought up was Trichel, uh, which is John Trichel, he defaulted on $43,000 in consumer debt. And Midland Credit Management sent him a notice. The notice did specify that the debt was time barred. The notice did specify that he could not be sued on a time barred debt. And the, the collection notice also specified that the, they would not report to his credit since the debt is also time barred. Um, Trichel still sued Midland Credit Management because he, I guess he read the exact opposite. He thought that the notice said that he would be sued and he could be sued and they will report. He basically read the exact opposite of the letter and proceeded to, to sue. How it ended up a lawsuit, how an attorney did not catch that, beats me. I don't know how an attorney did not ask for the letter, did not consult with the client. Hey, you know, this is probably not a good case because they are covering, you know, their butts here. They are saying all these things. And so you're saying that they're not, but they are. This is, you know, probably not a good case. Um, how it got that far beats me. But, uh, you know, that, that really is really is interesting. Um, the second plaintiff, which is, which is uh, Keith Cooper, um, he received the exact same letter, and uh, both plaintiffs plaint both plaintiffs brought the suit against Midland Credit Management um, for FDCPA violations. So um, the first claim was that the letter was misleading. This was Trichel's argument that the letter that they provided disclosing that the debt is time barred, that they can't he can't be sued, and that, that they will not report. Uh, Trichel was claiming that that was misleading to him, and that's why he he ended up suing uh, Midland Credit Management. Um, so he felt misled because he believed he believed that the letter, the way it read, is that he could be sued um, or it could report. Um, how he got that from that, I'm not sure, but again, that's how he felt, and he felt misled, and therefore proceeded with with the suit. Um, Cooper, however, he felt misled uh, because the letter did not mention that if he made a partial payment on the payment plan that that, that they were offering, that the that that would start over the statute of, of limitation. So because Midland did not say that um, or made no mention of that, he wanted to sue because uh, because that was not, not mentioned. So this was brought to district court. District court dismissed both claims. Um, then both plaintiffs actually appealed um, here, took it to the 11th Circuit Court, and the judge there also uh, declined to consider both claims um, and also mentioned that neither Trichel nor Cooper mentioned any injury. So the 11th Circuit judge was saying not only are your claims invalid, but you're not even talking about how are you injured? How did this affect you? How are you how are you damaged because of this? So for those two reasons alone, the case was 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 dismissed. Um, and so the the first injury from Trichel, which he was saying that they made no mention of that he could be sued and so on and so forth. Trichel's argument was that he was misled, or not not that he was misled, but the letter was misleading that it could lead. Unsophisticated, unsophisticated consumers that were out there. 
And so the, the judge says, well, that injury has to do, that's a potential injury with other people, it has nothing to do with you, so you fail to demonstrate how, how you were injured. And with Cooper, Cooper talking about that the repayment plan um, you know, could be injury because it makes no mention that the statute of limitations would start all over, um, the, the, that, was, that injury was denied because the court found that by the time that the case was filed, that the, the injury basically had subsided and, and no longer really existed. There's no evidence of risk of injury even being shown in the future. Um, so the, the, the 11th Circuit basically dismissed uh, both injury claims. Um, so th this case is a bad, these are two bad cases. And I talk about them, and I talk about bad because at the end of the day, the, the individuals that win from this are really the attorneys. Um, and I think attorneys, the FDCPA attorneys here, should have done a better job at, at, at screening out their, their clients and asking more questions or getting more proof before proceeding to, 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 to litigate. And the reason why that is is because Midland has court costs to fight this, and I'm sure they're going to probably maybe try to countersue if they decide to go that route, um, which they probably won't because they have a budget for this sort of thing. Um, so Midland kind of loses because they have to, you know, they, to, they, they lose a little bit because they have to cover court costs and all this stuff to fight it. And uh, the two plaintiffs, they lose because, I don't, you know, I, if an attorney took this on thinking it was a good case and they'll probably get paid in the settlements, then that's a really bad attorney. Um, but if it's a decent attorney, they probably said, well, pay me 1000 or pay me 2000 bucks, and I'll go after it. And if we win, we'll split it or something like that. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe cost more, you know, to litigate because I think it was appealed and so on and so forth. So, you know, maybe at the end of the day, both plaintiffs spent five grand, maybe 10 grand in, in attorney fees, court costs, and ended up with nothing. So there really should have been a better screening job done here by, by the attorneys that took on these cases. Uh, and, and if you ever heard the phrase, you know, in lawsuits, the only people that really went on the attorneys, well, here's a prime example of that because both plaintiffs nor the, the defendant Midland in this case, you know, you know, Midland wins in a way because they don't have to, you know, deal with the suit further. Um, but uh, they sort of lose because they have to spend, you know, use some of their budget to to fight this case. Um, and then the consumers lose, the, the plaintiffs lose because, you know, they just pay the attorney. So the attorney is the one that make out big here. Um, and not like gigantic, but, you know, they walk away with their fees, um, which I'm sure are non-refundable. And, uh, and so at the end of the day, nothing really gets resolved. Here. Everyone's time was, time was wasted. There was money that was wasted. So, you know, if you're thinking about suing um, a, a debt collector, again, not an attorney, it's not legal advice, but before you go that route, do your research on FDCPA attorneys, ask them questions, make sure they're not taking your case as is. Um, get, you know, if they're just taking your case as is, it may not, you know, be a good attorney. You know, a good attorney is going to ask a ton of questions, going to want to see some evidence, want to see some kind of proof. Um, a good attorney is going to go through that and ask more questions and, um, and then be straight with you. So be sure to do a lot more research. Um, if you do decide to sue a debt collector, look to see who the FDCP attorney is, um, do some more research, look to see what kind of, you know, look at their, their, their history, what have they won in the past, do they have any experience in this. Um, some people actually make the mistake of hiring attorneys that are not specialized in this industry. They may hire a commercial real estate attorney or, or a business attorney, but it doesn't, they have really no experience. In, in the consumer debt world. So make sure they have a lot of experience here before you decide to, to hire them. All right, so the final topic I want to talk about how mix of credit um, affects your credit score and why it matters. But first, before I do that, um, if you are in the market for, for repairing your credit, 
Um, you need someone to, to, to provide non-BS type of information, really break down your credit report, really help you understand what's on your credit, why or why not it should be there, how your credit score um, is impacted by certain things on your credit report. If you want someone to give you a no-nonsense, uh, no BS, no obligation, uh, no charge, um, credit consultation, then I would recommend the guys at the credit agents. Yes, my disclaimer, I do own them, but you know, the way that they handle, the way they treat the clients, which is the way that I personally used to treat the clients when I was doing everything one-on-one -on -one myself, that A-level customer support, that, that red carpet treatment, um, helping understand everything that's on your credit, breaking everything down for you in the way that you can do it yourself if you wanted to do it yourself. We want to equip you with all the information to repair your own credit. You can save the money, maybe not hire the credit agents to do the work. Um, that way, if you were to do it yourself, you at least know how to do that. But of course, we're there uh, for you if you want to hire our agency to actually work on your behalf to, to work on your credit. Um, charge only for item that we get deleted. There's no monthly fees, so you pay for results. Uh, there is a first work fee, which is kind of dependent on that initial consultation. If you were to hire them, there's a first payment that would be due, uh, which is not not a lot. We're not talking thousand bucks. We're talking less than three fifty, and which is fully refundable to you in the event that there is no deletion on your credit report for six months. The credit agents uh, services are backed by a six month warranty, six month money back policy. That if there are no items removed off the report for six months. That money is refunded back to you, no questions asked. But again, only charges for items that get deleted, no monthly fee that never ended in sight. Go to joechaparia.com slash help and click on the button for the credit consultation by the credit agents. And one of my team members over there will set you up with a game plan, schedule your complimentary credit review, and then educate you on what needs to happen to get your credit moving in the right direction. So again, go to joechaparia.com slash help, click on the link to get the information on the credit repair services, Get started, get going right away. You have really nothing to lose. At least understand what's on your credit report, how to fight it. And if you want to hire the team over there, they're there for you to, to take on that, that responsibility for you if you want to outsource the credit agency to get it done. Again, joechopperia.com slash help to get more information to get started. All right, last topic today I want to talk about is how mix of credit impacts your credit score and why does mix of credit matter? So mix of credit is 10% of your FICO score. And it's, it's often the component that's really not given a whole lot of attention. So there's five components of your FICO score. You have payment history, you have utilization, you have length of credit, you have mix of credit, and then you have new credit, which are typically like inquiries. So the biggest component is payment history. Payment history is 35% of your FICO score. Um, then you have utilization, also like credit card balances. Um, that's 30% of the credit score. Then you have length of credit. So how long you've had credit is 15% of your FICO score. And the remaining 10%, um, you have 10% being mix of credit, so how you diversify your credit portfolio, and the other 10% being new credit or inquiries. So the, 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 the component that doesn't really get a lot of attention is the, the mix of credit component, which is 10% of your, of your FICO score. And I want to talk about why it matters. So the reason why it matters, the reason why it's important is because there are lenders that are out there that want to see how you as a consumer handle multiple types of credit accounts, not just one, uh, but multiple types of credit accounts. So you really have like two main credit accounts. You have revolving credit and you have installment credit. The revolving credit would be like the credit cards or your lines of credit or a home equity line of credit. That's considered revolving and it's revolving because you have, it's revolving because you can, you have a, an available credit line 
that you can use, you can pay down and use it again. So it's revolving because the balance will always fluctuate, it'll always change. The credit limit can increase, the available credit can increase, it can decrease even. So it's a revolving line of credit, it's a revolving credit line, and that's why it's considered revolving. Again, the common one of this is, is credit, credit cards. Um, then there's installment credit, which would be like auto, mortgage, student loans, and personal loans. Um, that's considered an installment because you are given a certain amount. Let's take a, a car, for example. The lender is going to use what's called a FICO auto score, which has an influencer there on your past history with auto loans or installment loans. Because auto lenders care more about your likelihood to default on an auto compared to likelihood to default on a credit card. They, they both matter, but what matters slightly more is that particular industry, your likelihood to default on, on an auto loan. So there's an influence there called an industry option that's applied towards your FICO score, also known as your FICO auto, FICO mortgage, FICO bank card. And so diversifying, excuse me, diversifying your credit portfolio, having some mortgages or having a mortgage, having an auto, having a credit card uh, or two or three, um, is going to help influence those certain scores. Like credit cards are going to help influence your bank card score. Uh, mortgage is going to influence your mortgage score. Um, installments are going to help influence your auto. is going to help influence your auto score or even your mortgage score. So you want to have, that's another reason why you want to have a good blend. If you're a first-time home buyer, you probably want to have a mortgage, of course. Maybe you would, you know, oh, maybe you wouldn't um, have a mortgage. If you're a second-time buyer, maybe so in the past. Um, but maybe you have an installment, right? An auto or, or a personal loan that would help your, your mortgage score. Um, let's say you're applying for another credit card. If you have uh, two or three open credit cards, that's going to help your bank card score out. So there's industry options that are applied toward your score, and that's why it's a good reason to, to diversify your credit portfolio because when you apply for something in a different industry, there's going to be an industry option applied to your FICO score, which could either harm you or could even help you further in that application uh, process. So that's mixed of credit. Mixed of credit is, is very important for your credit score. Um, and so, so if you want to get some information on that, we'll put a link to in the description below on some mixed credit information. Um, and last but not least, um, if you if you if you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you like this video, if you dislike this video, give it a thumbs down. Always looking for ways to to improve uh, the content we're putting out there. Um, if you if you want to continue to get more information on the content being provided, again, I talk about updated court cases that are going on regarding debt collectors, banks. Um, and how it applies to the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and the Fair Credit Reporting Act, things that you can use as leverage to possibly get items removed or get some debt forgiven. Just want to stay up to date on, on court cases that are out there. I happily share that information with the, with the public. Um, if you're just looking for updated information on credit scoring, use score models, uh, mortgage requirements, auto requirements, things like that. I talk a lot about credit um, information, you know, just kind of consumer-driven credit information. If you want to stay up to date on credit news and credit topics, credit scores, credit reports, things like that, subscribe to my channel so you are alerted when a new video is dropped. Um, lastly, if you have any questions regarding credit, any, any of the information that was shared with you today, drop it in the comment section below. Um, and we'll be sure to get all your questions answered for you. Even if you have a different uh, credit-related question that led to this topic, feel free to drop it into the comment section below. We'll be happy to answer all your questions for you. If it's a hot enough you know, credit question, We'll probably make a separate video just for that because it may be something that you know that needs to be answered in the mainstream. That way, the, the public benefits from that uh, greatly. So again, guys, I am Joe Chavarria. Thanks for tuning in on another episode of the Joe Credit Show, and I'll see you on the next one. Take care.
Thanks for watching the Joe Credit Show. If you like the information that was provided, be sure to like this video as well as subscribe so when new content gets dropped, you get the alert. Also, if you found this information very helpful, be sure to share this video with someone that you love, someone that you know that would benefit from the material that was shared. I would definitely appreciate that. Again, thanks for watching the Joe Credit Show. I'll see you on the next one.